You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Israel had not heard a word from God in 400 years. They were generally cold and apathetic towards God. Their kings were evil, most of them. They didn't listen. And when God sent his prophets in among the people to tell the truth, they often killed the prophets. So God went silent. For 400 years, not a prophet was sent into that land of promise. Then came John, a free agent, a wild thing, with a booming message from God for Israel. Get ready. The Messiah is here. Let's talk about this. When John the Baptist appeared, he was different, not like anyone else in his day. He wore a camel's hair girdle wrapped around his thighs. His food was locust and honey. I looked it up. In the northeast Georgia foothills where I came from, there's a tree called a locust tree, and it has a long bean, a flat bean. Some people make molasses out of that sweet, almost like molasses tasting bean. I was hopeful that maybe some locust tree was growing in Israel and that was John's food along with honey. Not so, not true. It was bugs. It was grasshoppers. Pure locusts was his food along with a little honey to chase it down. He preached in the desert. Now he wasn't like other preachers. Preachers like going to the city where you can get the large crowds. John, he preached in the desert and the people left the cities to hear what that wild man, free agent from God would say. And buddy, he brought the truth about God. In John chapter one, John the apostle, different than John the Baptist, writes about that great prophet. And John speaks about his faithfulness and how true he was to his call to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. But you know how people are. People can oftentimes get too close to the spotlight, soak in a little limelight and think the limelight belongs to them, but not John. John the Baptist was straight and strong and true, faithful as could be to the Lord God who sent him. John chapter 1 and verse number 7 says, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John's purpose in coming was to shine the light for the light, the capital L light, the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. John was a little related to Jesus by blood. They were cousins. But John was not the light, and he let people know the light, but it seemed that people even chased him down with the idea that maybe he was really the one. No, he wasn't the one, he said. He was sent just to bear witness of the one. And the Bible here in verse 7 says that he came to be that witness so that all men through him might believe. Oh, to have more people who are preachers who had that kind of message today that by their preaching, all men through them might believe. But that was John's message, and he was straight and strong all the way through his life until the very end. Verse 8 says, He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, verse 9, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Did you know that the light that Jesus Christ has 
is given to be known to everyone. You read John chapter 1, you couldn't be under the false illusion that only a few people are supposed to be saved from God, that he only picked a few. No, it says here that verse 7, that all men through John the Baptist's message might believe. And verse number 9 says that that true light lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Everyone has a witness, don't they? Everyone has some testimony from God. That little light shines in every baby born about Jesus Christ. But the problem is men deny the light given them. Although I'll grant you, it wouldn't it be hard to eliminate that light that was in the booming voice of that wild man, John the Baptist, preaching in the desert. And the large crowds came from the city out into the desert to hear him preach. But there was always that controversy, always that people wanted to make John the main thing. But he wasn't the main thing. And he steadfastly told them he wasn't the main thing. In John chapter 1 and verse 29, he's with his own disciples, and he no doubt was teaching them. And Jesus passed nearby enough that he could see him. And he stopped his teaching and made an announcement that had never been made in Israel before, John 1, 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The sin of the world was taken away by Jesus. That had never been done before. Remember all those animal sacrifices under Moses' ministry? Well, those animals bled and died as a sacrifice for sins, but God never counted that as the payment for sin. Well, why did all those animals die? Well, they were textbook illustrations about what one day God would accomplish through the Lamb of God, the real one, the light, Jesus Christ. Those animals never pleased God. Hebrews chapter 10 speaks about this also. God was never pleased in those sacrifices, but he was ultimately pleased with the sacrifice Jesus made himself on that cross. And John was so faithful and true to bear that witness of Jesus. In John chapter 3, this controversy, if you will, comes to a boil when John's disciples find out that John is not the only one who is baptizing or purifying people. But Jesus has come into the same area around the Jordan River south of Galilee. And John's disciples get a little heated under the collar about this, it seems, in John chapter 3. And they come rushing to John to tell him, Hey, John, we got competition. You're not the only one baptizing, but the one that you've been bearing witness for, Jesus, he's also baptizing and he has more people than you do, so boss, what are we going to do about this? Now maybe I put a little too much color in that. You can be the judge of it as we go to John chapter 3, and let's focus on what the Bible says. It says in verse 25, Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. That's about baptism. This is from deep in the Old Testament when the priests of Israel would wash themselves, purify themselves for the ministry. And so John's ministry sort of featured baptism. His was a national call to Israel to get ready to come out of their carnality, out of their coldness towards spiritual matters, and get ready to receive their Messiah. 
And that national call to ready themselves was accompanied by water baptism. It's purification. And now Jesus is baptizing too. Verse 26, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. What did he say? Well, it's simply understood that they're saying, John, we got competition here. Jesus is baptizing and everybody's going over there to him. Now, don't you think these disciples feel the pressure here? They want some thumbs up on their social media, don't they? But John's not upset. No, he's a true blue disciple of Jesus himself. He's sent to bear witness of that light. So when that light grows in its reception, John is only pleased about it. Verse 28, Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. What did John say? Good. I'm glad Jesus is being received. That makes me happy because he's the bridegroom. He's the one who has the girl. Not me. I'm just his friend. And the fact that he's the true bridegroom and I'm not gives me a lot of joy. Verse 30, John says it like this. He must increase but I must decrease. Isn't that great, friend? I wish that all preachers had such a heart that I can be smaller than I am now if it'll mean Jesus Christ will grow larger in the eyes of people's understanding about who that Messiah is. Verse 31, John goes even deeper and farther to put himself down and to raise up Jesus Christ. Verse 31, he says, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And so John is acknowledging that Jesus came from heaven, and John came from earth. The one who comes from heaven, Jesus, is above all. But I'm just an earthly guy, just trying to shine a light on the one who's above all. Verse 32, And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. So Jesus is in the world, and he's truly God, but generally the Jews were sort of afraid of him. And just like they had received the prophets before him, they were not receiving Jesus either. But John the Baptist was so faithful and true, he was not on the John the Baptist train, he was on the Jesus train. Is that good? That's good. Verse 34, For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. So John just would not allow the crowds to push him to the top of the heap, would he? He was faithful and true as a minister and messenger of God, shining a light on Jesus Christ. He must have been a disappointment to people who wanted to raise him up, to exalt him, to make John the Baptist the thing, the news, the stir. But he continually laid it all on the line for Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now in verse 36, John caps it all here with this amazing statement that he makes about Jesus. 
He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Don't you love it when preachers are clear and simple and true? There's a statement of the gospel, friend. Now, this is not only limited to Israel. John did a lot of preaching to Israel to get their act together because their Messiah was coming. But now to the whole world, John the Baptist turns and sprays a clear, simple gospel message. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Friend, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus Christ is the one. He's the only one. And whoever believes in him, the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the only man who ever came from God bearing our sin. He's the only sin-bearing Savior. He's the only Redeemer who accomplished all the prophecies that were written about Him. One after one after another, Jesus just fulfilled those prophecies that were six and seven hundred years old. He's the one, and history is the record of it. John the Baptist was a true blue forerunner shining the light of Jesus Christ. And friend, that's our message today. Whoever believes in the Son has everlasting life. Then he gives it on the negative side like this, verse 36. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Friend, let it never ever happen of you, I hope and pray, that you would bear the wrath of God on yourself. But I know how to get there. Don't believe in that Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom John bear witness of. Friend, Jesus Christ splits the human race into two groups. Those who believe in Him and those who don't. Those who believe in Jesus Christ alone have everlasting life, never to come under the wrath of God because Jesus bore that wrath in our place. But those who don't believe in Jesus, they don't receive His witness. They reject the message of John the Baptist and the others. They'll have the wrath of God abide on them for lack of having a Savior and eternal life.